This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hi, I'm Mel. And I'm Trish. And And this this is the Don't Give a 50 podcast. Let's make getting old the new gold, as you say. I like that. I like that one too. That was mine. (laughs) That was mine. Fifty-ishers, it's Mel and Trish. Welcome to another episode of Don't Give a Fifty, a podcast for midlife women who dare to be awesome and just don't give a fifty like us. Please continue to rate and review our podcast. You can do this by searching up our podcast, scrolling down to the heading "Rate and Review," then you click on the pen and paper icon and just go for it. Also, remember to send in any suggestions you would like us to cover. Some of our 50 issues have already done this, and Trish and I are in the process of putting together episodes to cover these topics. Absolutely. So today, I don't know, Trish, sometimes you you hear a person speak on a podcast and every single thing they say resonates with you. Are you talking about me? (laughs) Of course I am. Of course I am. And I had... This exact experience with today's guest, Faith Agugu, I was in the middle of some mind-numbingly boring task like vacuuming. I had my AirPods in and I was just in the zone. And she started talking about things specifically in relation to women and ageing. She talked about discouraging the judgment of women due to age and weight and body shape and success and failures and things like that. She talked about midlife as a time of major change. She talked about midlife as a time when we're often making very challenging life choices and deciding on the way that we want to live. She talked about um, midlife as a time when many of us have finally got some time to explore our own dreams. And I just found that 
it was powerful message after powerful message and basically her words and the way she articulated herself pretty much stopped me dead in my tracks. I found myself answering her back going, yes, that's right. And so lucky today we get the chance to actually speak to Faith Agugu. Thank you both. I was so honoured when I received your message, so thank you both. Let's go back a few years and you decided to study a degree in social sciences majoring in counselling as you approached 50. Yes. And launched the healing process, which involves counselling, energy healing and mindfulness coaching to women facing the challenges of midlife, yes. which, hey, is, is all of us. So you then founded Silver Sirens in 2018, a community of 50-plus-year-old women redefining ageing. So for me personally, Faith, I'm very curious in, the, um, in women's mindsets or what's going on in their lives at the time that they choose to make big changes or to take steps to make changes. So tell us about what was happening with you at that time. Okay, my own midlife crisis. And I put quotes on yeah. it. <laughs> you know, and I put quotes on it. And I know that, um, you know, we call it a midlife crisis, which is what I was going through. But, you know, in hindsight, it's more a midlife transition. And I think it's a crisis because we don't have the words for it. You know, no one around me was talking about it. So I had no idea what I was going through. But I came, I was at a turning point in my life, a crossroads in my life where the things that I that worked for me in the past were no longer working for me. You know, I'd run a fashion business for 14 years. I was a PR and marketing agency. I no longer wanted to go to parties. I didn't want to do any of that. I didn't want to stay up late. I wanted to get home by eight o'clock and be tucked in, you know, so that business yeah. was no longer I'm working. hearing you. Yeah, 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 you know. Yeah. <laughs> so that business was no longer yeah. working for me, but I didn't understand what the next step was. And I had no conversations with other women, so I had no idea what was ahead of me. Well, I knew that where I was no longer fulfilled me. Um, it was no longer the way that I wanted to actually show up in the world, you know. So I was at that place of deciding what do I do next? And because I was quite confused about what was going on for me, it felt a lot like depression, a lot of confusion, depression, a lot of anxiety around what steps to take next. So I know that that's traditionally what we call midlife crisis. And it's also um, developmental, you know, in terms of from a um, psychological perspective, we have all these different phases of our lives. And we very rarely talk about the midlife one. We talk about, you know, you hear about teenage life and, and et cetera, and puberty, but you don't hear about this exactly. particular time. And I think that's why it feels like a crisis because there's no, there's no resources or we don't have conversations around us that helps us know that this is normal, you know. So we so kind true. of bandy around trying to figure it out. And for me, I felt quite yes. ashamed because I was, I was so used to knowing what to do next. I was that kind of, you know, high achiever, always had my life planned and then suddenly I didn't know what to do next. So it was really quite a painful mm. process and that's how I came to that place. It's very unsettling, isn't it, yeah. when you are in that transitional mm. phase and as you said, you just don't know and there was no sort of major amount of conversation mm. around it, no words and as you said, there's a lot of information about the earlier stages of our lives and there's certainly plenty of information about the later stages yeah. of life too but the midlife and it's it's such a critical part of life. Such a critical part yeah. and, you know, maybe we should – when the phrase midlife awakening. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. prefer that as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Faith, I've heard you talk and about the your authentic self versus your adaptive self. And I think that really resonated with me because as, as women going through our lives, we do so much adapting. But then I think when we reach this midlife place, we go, 
who am I? Yeah. I want to be my authentic self. Mm. But I think finding that authentic self can sometimes be challenging because mm. of all the other roles we've played yes. throughout our lives, we've kind of lost touch with yes. who that is. Yes. And I think that's the gift of midlife. You know, I always get so excited when women come to me in therapy and they're depressed, confused, unsure. I just get so excited because I know that the opportunity in midlife is that we get to discard the adaptive self. And the adaptive self is a part of us that we've, um, you know, we've taken on to fit into what society expected of us. You know, all the roles and society's ideas of what a woman should be or what a mother should be, what a wife should be. We've internalized all those things and we think that's who we are. And the gift of midlife is once we unpack um, you know, all of the adaptive self, we get introduced to our authentic self. And for some of us, that's the first time we've actually met that part of us. And it's so exciting. That's why I love seeing women going through this. And people say, you know, why are you so excited about aging? It's, it's women actually get to reclaim their, their true authentic self. And how more exciting can that be? You know, it's so wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah, beautifully yeah. said. I think the good part too is that we embrace it and we don't judge her. You know, yes. so often through that adaptive space, mm. we're kind of judging ourselves for yes. not being enough or not being. Yeah, yeah enough around enough. the board. Yeah, I know. Which is <laughs> so bad. Shit together, basically. Yes, yes. <laughs> I think Faith probably would say a little bit more eloquently. Than, <laughs> hey, me yes. too. Yes, me Faith too. Does I'm have the same. A, a bit more of a grasp. Yeah, yeah. English language. I think yeah, yeah. A, I, re- I reckon the way you described it, Trish, is just perfect. That's exactly it. You know, that's oh, yeah. That, that says it the way the most of us feel it. You know, we feel like we should have our shit together. I think one of the reasons why a lot of women struggle, and I see it in therapy is that idea that there's, there's a rule book somewhere. There's some sort of book yeah. we just missed out on. Mm, yeah. You forget that we're all just winging it <laughs> and we're all just waking <laughs> it up as we go along. And that's what you find when people are authentic. That's what you see. And I think what I love about the work I do with Civil Sirens is I've done that from the beginning. You know, I stood up on that first one and I said, I have no idea what I've what I'm doing and I am shit scared and that was it oh you know you've just yeah you have just basically described Trish and I starting the podcast <laughs> no idea what we were doing and shit scared and still feeling <laughs> a little bit that way yeah <laughs> most weeks when we that though I find women appreciate that and it gives us all permission and I noticed when I did that first session it's like everybody just disarmed and you could feel it in the room oh and it was just, yeah something just fell away and we just all just got told that we could all be ourselves and something magical happened. And that's the way Silver Sire has been since then and I love that about the community. Oh, my goodness. It's such a great website too. Two things I was going to say, unsettling. That is the word that I was looking for before when you were talking about that transition yes. when you didn't know, you know, there was no language around midlife. I found that very unsettling. Yes. It sort of derails you a little bit. Yes. And the other brilliant thing that I was about to say, I can't even remember. So there you go. <laughs> As if I have, well, I had two great points there. Mm. Faith, the first one was unsettling and the second one, I've got no idea. Anyway, it will come, I, back. It it will come back. back. It will. I Maybe just, at 2 o'clock this afternoon. I'll, I'll email you, Faith. Okay, what I want to do is just step back to Silver Sirens mm. because, yeah, I've been on the website. It's such a great it's website. There, there's so much in there. It's so much meat for us. <laughs> oh, I know what it was. Liberating. <laughs> when you were saying something just fell away. Yeah. Isn't it? A, it's, a, it's a liberating feeling it's a it's a a feeling of freedom yes and acceptance yeah I like that it's 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 awesome so sorry back to silver sirens 
when you launched it, how did you lobby iconic Australian women to speak at the launch? Like how receptive were they to the concept of Silver Sirens? You know, it's really interesting. One thing is I find women so generous. You know, I was so blown away that you know, I had no budget. The business is still, the whole thing is still just me. You know, I work full time as a therapist and any extra money I get go into Silver Sirens. So you know what that's like, you know. So for women to come on board and just kind of give their time, I was so surprised. And not surprised, but it just reaffirmed that we are so generous with our time. And and in the five, four and a half years I've been doing Silver Sirens, there's only been twice a, a woman asked me about money. You know, am I going to be paid? You know, and that's a good thing and a bad mm. thing. It's a good thing because yeah, we're yeah. so generous. It's a bad thing because it really indicates how um, women's time is not really valued, you know. So for me, yes. people, women came on board. I think women are naturally very, very generous. But two... I did get some some women were concerned. You know, last year we did a section called Aging in the Public Eye and I approached a few high-profile women that were actually friends of mine and they'd been to Silver Sirens previous year, but they said to me, look, Faith, if I get associated with something like Silver Sirens because it's about champion aging, it's my career death nail, you know, and that oh. would be over for me. So even though I love what you're doing, I can't be associated with aging because it's going to affect my my career and I thought that was really really sad you know so it was and very telling very telling very telling very sad so when people like Tracy um Spicer and Tara Moss they jumped on they just really got it they didn't care about you know the stigma and they were just really Mm. really happy to be associated with this movement so I was very very lucky yeah, yeah, that's extraordinary, yeah. isn't it? I mean, I mean, you can understand yes. their perspective, and they they need to protect their careers. It's their income, but still, it's sad. It yeah. and it's very telling of, of very telling. You know, our culture. Yeah, mm. I step back a bit yeah. for all of the listeners out there. Can you explain what is Silver Sirens? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Silver Sirens redefining aging. So, Silver Sirens is a movement for women to push back and disrupt the negative stereotype that attached to women and aging. And I say women because when I was doing my research, the the information about men and aging is very different. You know, men get dashed oh, in. They, you know, mm. and that quote, women, you know, men age like fine wine, women age like cheese. So the analogy is always that men get better with age, women rot. You know, that was yeah. And I was like, silver fox. Yeah, you know, so... When I saw that, I just thought, hmm, this is not okay. So this we've got to push against it because I didn't feel like that. And the women that I was seeing around me, they weren't rotting. They were thriving. Yes, you know? Thriving. So mm-hmm. me, Silver Sirens, was created to push back and to offer women struggling because there were a lot of women struggling because they'd internalized the negative narrative. So it was I created it because I wanted to change that. And I wanted women to know that there is an alternative narrative and that's not the only one. And after the first um, Silver Sirens, that's, a lot of the women came up to me and that's the first thing they said. We never knew that there was another way of looking at this. We thought that that was it. It was just decline. It was deterioration. And it was just all downhill from now, you know. So... Silver Sirens is a platform, online platform, and we do have a physical event every year as well to showcase topics that impact us in this in this um, time of our lives. So we've had topics from aging in the workplace, aging in the public eye, what motherhood looks like, you know, for, for women, because motherhood is such a big part of women. And what, what does it look like for women who didn't have children? I'm a child-free yes. woman. So what does that look like as an aging woman with us yes. um, children that don't, I don't have a legacy to rely on, you know, those sort of things. So yes. it's just, and, and divorce, you know, a lot of women and divorce come oh, out yeah. 
faring so much worse financially? How do they pick themselves yes. up? So we've had lots of yes. different topics that, that are specific. And for the women that attend the events, they say every time is we've never had a platform where these issues have been addressed in such an honest and open way. You know, so we're a community of women yeah. over 50. At the event, women, the youngest woman that attends the event is like 21. So we're not... Any woman can come to the event, but a topic matter is for women 50 plus, women in midlife. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And we'll get to that um, that age thing in a moment because I just wanted to touch on your website because I think that every midlife woman should read the 15 guiding principles yeah. <laughs> on your website because of the things that they include, like yeah. things like emboldening women to embrace the yeah. ageing process and ending the negative stigma yes. associated with women and ageing. So did you write these from your own experience and observations yeah. um, or was did they come from some other inspiration? Well, I, I wrote it and the reason why I wrote that, and I actually kind of feel quite sad, you know, is I worked in the fashion industry for a long time and um, women criticising other women was like a sport, you know, it was kind of what you did. You know, a woman looks beautiful. Oh, she's a bitch. And I that used to just make me so upset. And it was the end yes. of one, one silver silence. I was sitting down with a group of women, just um, brainstorming and debriefing about the, the event. And one of the women started to pull apart one of the speakers. And then I saw other women started to join in. It just made me feel so sick. And I just thought, I do not want this in my community. So I thought it was no. really important. I know that, you know, none of us are perfect and people, you know, people no. do will do things like that. But I wanted a set of guidelines that, that I thought were, were ideals that we as a community will strive for, knowing that none of us yes. are perfect. So that was what, it was after that meeting that I just thought, no, this we need something else. So I wrote those down. At the beginning of every event we have, um, I have a steering committee. Every time we have any business meetings, we read them out. And again, it's just important that we're all, it anchors us all into what is important to us and who do we want to be as a community. Even to the even the point around plastic surgery, because a lot of people will say, if I have Botox, does that mean I'm not a silver siren? It's like we have absolutely no opinion on how a woman chooses to, to grow old, to age. Yes, you know, stage. Yes, because it's woman, her choice. You come as you are. You come as you are. Yes. And that's it. And I think that's really important because I think as women, we're always told how we're meant to be. You know, and it's just mm. insane. It's like, no, we don't have mm. to do that. You just be you, whatever that looks like, you know? Yeah, mm. yeah. That raises a really interesting question um, for me because I, like you, feel really uncomfortable when women are pulling apart other women, degrading them or saying mm. something about their appearance, yeah. etc. But I'm not very good at confrontation. So normally mm. I kind of just go quiet mm. and have this conversation in my head or if they're a friend or whatnot, I might just distance myself from them. How do we call out mm. without seeming bitter people yeah. who are being judgy of mm. other women, you know, their their weight, their body shape, body shape yeah. how they success, look, yeah. how they're aging. Like it unfortunately mm. does happen. Yeah. And I would love to go, you know what, that's not right. Yeah, I know. Stop it and it's hard to do it, isn't it, but to then, call people out. Then I also don't want to judge the person that's been judging. <laughs> what do I do? The, the dilemma. Oh, is that the classic definition of offence sitter or what? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you call that people pleasing in a gentle way. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, the thing is most of us, of want to avoid confrontation, you know, and it's people say, oh, I'm just one of those. 
most people are. Nobody wants confrontation, you know, even if, uh, even a very confident person. No one wants to upset someone else. And, you know, one thing I know that is most people will say those comments very unconsciously. It's like it just comes off the, the bat. They, they, don't, they don't really think about it. And I think by calling someone out, it gives, it creates a pause for them to really kind of think, is, is this really me? Because in that situation, when I talked about in the meeting, when I said to the women, you know what, I feel really uncomfortable that we're talking about this person like this. That's not who I am. And you do whatever you like, but I, that's not who I am, you know. And straight away, all those five women, all of them went, oh, my God, what are we thinking? Of course that's not who we are. Yeah, yeah I think we absolutely. say it. It's just kind of, and sometimes it's, we think it's just what is expected and just our way of relating. So gossip can just be, oh, we're just relating, we're just connecting. It's like, no, let's be conscious of it. And I think yeah, you know, yeah. we do them a favour as well because I do think that relationship, and I talk about this a lot in my therapy, the relationship, the the, the biggest um, role of relationship is a mirroring effect, you know. So, because a lot of things we say and do are unconscious, relationship should mirror back to us what we're saying and doing. If I don't call them out, I'm kind of saying what they're saying is okay, and I'm not giving them right. the opportunity to. to and that's reflect. the whole argument I have yeah. with myself afterwards. Yes. Like, why didn't you call them out? Yeah. Like you are, and the kids get taught that at school. Yeah. Not being a bully mm, and yes. seeing bullying is still bullying. You've got to call them out. And I even mm. coach my own kids in that. And my daughter, yeah. you know, if her and her friends are having conversations, yeah. I say, you know, would you be comfortable saying that if that person was in exactly. the room? We don't do that. Yeah. But yet then when I have friends talking yeah. about something that I feel uncomfortable, I just sit there and go, <laughs> And I think, you know, always starting with, I know that you don't mean it that way. But this is how I hear it. Ah, uh, yeah. You yeah. know, or how mm-hmm. would you feel if? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because nine times out of ten, they don't mean it that way. They really don't mean to be malicious. It's kind of like a, just a little bit of fun that we all do, and it's like it's not okay. Yeah, just getting carried you know? away. And that's how we, as women, and I think one of your questions around police, and I think that's the way we police each other, keep each other in our places as well, which I think is so wrong and I feel really oh I agree yeah and policing is just such a good term and we will get to that Mm -hmm. um I have a question about something that I read it was your feeling that we that this was um a unique time in history that gives us as in midlife women the power to create a new world for ourselves and the generations to come Mm -hmm. so can you just talk us through that like what is it about this time in history that is unique we're and still lucky, you know, to be born right now as, as women, you know. I mean, the baby boomers, I mean, I'm at the cusp of baby boomers and Gen Y or X, what am I? Or what, whatever the next one is. You're the same, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I know. I'm me too. with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my but daughter loves nothing more than calling me a boomer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so boomer, I'm like, I'm X. Yes, I'm X. exactly. <laughs> you know, but we know that the baby boomers were at the forefront of so much change. So we're so lucky to to be on the back end of them, you know, because they've, they've absolutely, they're disruptors, they're change makers, they're every single phase they've come to, they've challenged, you know, so we've got that, we're coming on the back of that, where they've gotten to old age, and they've gone, we're not aging like that, it's like, okay, great, you know, so they, they're yeah. constantly disruptors, so that's unique as well. We're also at a time where we've got technology in a way that we've never had technology. So we, the, the gatekeepers have been literally retired, you know, which means the structures that are in place, which also brings into place patriarchy, the structures that are in place that said that you had to go through all of these systems in order to get a foot in, most of those are gone. 
you two have started a podcast that are talking about exactly what you want to do. So now women do no longer have all those gatekeepers. We can now create the world that we want. We don't have to ask for permission. We just go ahead and do it. You know, so we've got social yeah. media, we've got technology, and we're coming on the back of social of, of the baby boomers. I think these are three really amazing, pivotal things that we've got, we've inherited that means that we can actually do whatever we want. You know, there's no yeah. one there to stop yeah. us. The only thing that can stop us is our own self-belief yes. and what we internalize around what a woman can do or what a woman in their 50s can do. That's the only thing that's stopping us. Everything else is like it's there for the taking. So we're so lucky to be alive right now. So that's the internal barriers as opposed to the external yes, barriers. What yes. you're saying is a lot of those external barriers have been removed yes. through the hard work of the baby boomers. Yes. Go girls. Yes. <laughs> and then, um, and then, yeah, so the only thing that stops us is our internal barriers. So, yes. yeah, it might be yeah. lack of self-belief. In layman's or, terms, just give it a crack, ladies. Just go for it. If you're in the workplace, in corporate workplace, so of course, you know, there are still um, barriers there. We can't pretend they're not. But I mm-hmm. see yeah. women, my, my view is, if you can, go and start it yourself. If they want to invite you to the table, go and create your own table. And we're at a unique time where we can do that. There's so many businesses you can do that you actually don't need lots of money. So people doing things like you, I've got so many business women, women in their 50s, who've started projects that need hardly any money. Again, we're at a time where because of technology, we can do all of that. So we don't have yep. to let, wait for someone to invite us to the table. We literally can just build our own tables. I love that. I do too. And, you know, mm. women are such good problem solvers so it's that there is a way and we will find it yeah it may not be the traditional avenues of how things happen but it's let's do this and we will find a way because We've done it. We've done it. If you know, look at the what women do. You know, we raise families, we juggle households, and we still run businesses and you know hold down jobs. We do all of those things. We've been doing it since we were like our teens. You know, so it's natural for us. It's it's really what we're told our roles are that limit us. But in reality, we've already been doing it anyway. You know, yeah, they've just set us up. (laughs) Faith, tell us about the people that you think are really paving the way. For us, who are the trailblazers? You know, when you asked me that question, when I when I saw that question, I I couldn't mm. think of specific. Because there's so many. There are so many women. We look on TV, you know, um, the media. We look at business. There are so many women, you know. So I just look. I look at. For me, I have to have people that are tangible. So I look at the women around me that are around ten years ahead of me. For me, I'm always looking mm. at them, you know, like because I always yep. go, okay, they're doing it just ahead of me, how are they coping? Yep. So because of Silver Sirens as well now, I have like so many women in my community now that are in their 60s that are yeah. you know, doing amazing things in their workplaces. You know, they're CEOs, they're running their own businesses. They're, some of them are choosing to retire. Some of them have gone back to write books. I'm just looking at all these women. So for me, tangible, real women have always been what I've looked at. I've never been the sort of person that looked to celebrities. I've just never been, yep. just never been my thing. Because there's enough women in my life that are doing it, you know, that are living mm. what I want, you know. And I have um, two mentors. I have a business mentor, professional business mentor around my therapy, and I also have a personal business mentor. And I see her as my spiritual guide. And I, she's in her early 70s. My my business mentor is in her mid to late 60s. And I just watch what they do, you know, and they just yes. inspire mm-hmm. me. Because when I look yes. at celebrities, for me, it looks looks like it's kind of a little bit un- unachievable. Whereas looking at these women who are in my life here, doing things, changing, really grabbing life, you know, by the 
cojones, you know, and really live. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, really live in. I feel like there's, there's role models all around us. And my biggest role model, I always talk about her, is my mother. You know, I saw mm. my mother thrive in her 50s, you know. She had kids quite young. So when she was in her 50s, my mother was illiterate. So my mother um, learned to read and write in her 50s. She started traveling the world. My father was completely hopeless in that sense. So she got rid of him and she got a new <laughs> lover, you know. And I just saw her, honestly, from the age of 52 to about 78. My mother's um, 86 now. She just thrived you know and I just oh, went yeah. oh my god I want to be her when I grow up you yeah, know yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> I was going to ask you that question actually because you also talk about our role as role models for the younger generation yeah. of women coming through and I did want to ask yeah. you about who was that woman for you and yeah. there you go yeah, yeah your mum that's a great story yeah my mother's amazing I adore her yeah, yeah I bet Faith you mentioned something about your spiritual mentor and I love a spiritual mentor myself. Mm. And when I was listening to one of the podcasts you were on, and I know that um, being a therapist, you mentioned that you did talk therapy as well as energy healing. I'm always very intrigued mm. by that. <laughs> Could you she's, share? she's the woo-woo girl. I'm the woo-woo girl. Yeah. Um, yeah, just share a bit more about energy healing that you do and what's involved. It's probably a little bit off track of what we're talking no, about. But I'm happy to listen. Vibe before mm. it yeah. reminded me of that side of you. Look, I think I think um, you know we're all made up of aspects of ourselves, and I think there is the physical, there's the emotional. You know, therapy deals with the emotional, and there's the spiritual. And the energetic healing um, works on the basis that when we're sick or unwell or imbalanced or depressed, it's not just on a mental level, there's a spiritual component to it. So the energetic therapy that I do is called Ignite Your Spirit Therapy, and it works with the chakras. So um, acupuncture works with the meridian. So when you go to acupuncture, the, the needles will unblock the um, the chi, the energy blocks in your body and promotes wellness. Um, energetic healing, the modality that I do works with the chakras and the chakras are also energy centers in the body. And they, the, the belief is that if you're unwell, going through a mental health issue, there's an imbalance in your body's system. So working with the chakras helps you unblock the block, release the blocks and means that there's a lot more, then a bit more flow in your life. So for me, I think as humans, we do we are made up of all those three aspects of ourselves. Our very capitalistic way of being focuses on the physical and productivity, and we quite often minimise the mental. So even mental health issues are kind of a little bit poo-pooed, and we disregard the spiritual completely. So for me, I, it's important for me when I think about my own wellness, I'm very strict about making sure I'm balanced. Like I'm, I do go to the gym, I do meditate, and I do um, connect in with what I consider my spiritual aspect of myself. And I think it's about being holistic and it's about balance. So true. You mentioned there too, slowing down. And we have mentioned so many times that I think women so often will associate being busy with being successful. <laughs> or being busy with Love not being hard. perceived as being lazy. Yeah. 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 And you know, I remember my a therapist about 20 years ago, she said, um, we need to address your busy addiction. I nearly <laughs> her. Right, a busy addiction. That's so true. Because we get told that being busy, you know, we wear that business as a badge. We're so proud of our business, you know, like I'm really busy. You know, we think it's kind of something really, really good. 
But when we're being so busy, we're actually not really being very present. It's difficult to run Mm. at that pace and be fully present. You know, and I was one of those people that my sense of identity was very much attached to being very productive. You know, I've run lots of businesses. I'm a high achiever. So when she challenged me on that, I had to really look at that and go, what is it? Mm. And what I say in therapy is, what is what are you running away from? What are you running away from? For most of us, that busyness stops them from connecting with some sort of emotional or or mental deficiency or or trauma or pain. We're going so fast we can't access it. So when we stop, usually a lot of people will find that they start experiencing a lot of emotional turmoil that they have not been used to. And that's why the midlife crisis for a lot of people, most people start, well, a large group of people start therapy in midlife because it's the first time they've actually taken a pause from their crazy busy life, you know, because it's all applauded. It makes so much sense. It's, I think it, it exposes, you know, what you were saying is that, you know, because you, well, when you when you do stop, when you're not busy, all of a sudden those insecurities or whatever are exposed to you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why through COVID and lockdown, a lot more people started yeah. therapy because people that were kind yeah. of going, I know something's not right, but I'm too busy to address it. I know I'm not yeah. happy, but I'm just too busy. I've got time. I've got too much to do. Yes. Suddenly yeah. things slowed down. They couldn't afford it anymore and they started to get some help. Oh, man. It makes a lot of sense. So much sense. Yeah, you want it to unpack like that. (laughs) Faith, I've heard you speak on other podcasts about how different your own culture views ageing. And I I would really like you to talk us through these differences. Yeah, yeah, and there's there's so many. You know, the idea that you become less important as you age, I I just remember just being so floored by that because in my culture it's the absolute opposite. The oldest person in the room is always considered the best, the most knowledgeable, the most revered, the most important. The, the rock star. goes to that person. So, that you know, you've heard, I don't know if you've heard the quote, but that quote that I use a lot is the belief that when an old person dies, a library dies with them. So that's sort of the oh. essence of my belief, my, my culture. So, you know, the old person, we all want to sit at their feet. You want to kind of mine their wisdom. So the idea that the old person get carted off into a nursing home and literally in God's waiting room, and all of those years of wisdom and knowledge and experience is not mine. It's it's just left to die. That just for me, that's just unbelievable. I can't fathom it. Mm. You know, and the idea that old people in our culture are really they're revered. You know, absolutely. The older you are, the better. Like if I go to my family, it's definitely a picking order. The older person is that they're the top of the tree, and it works its way yes. down. You know, because they've got so much lived experience. You know, they've been the age that everyone else has been, but we've not been their yes. age. You know, the whole idea that Correct. they've got to defer to us doesn't make any sense to me because they've gone through the experiences that we've gone through. We're the ones that don't know what it's like to be where they are. So, yeah, the whole idea of, of aging being um, something that you just put out to pasture, that I find, um, yeah, it's, I still struggle to get my head around it. It doesn't make any sense to me. No, it doesn't when you think of it. I think for all of us and the generations coming through, that sense of curiosity of looking at our family and people around us who are ageing to find the time to ask them questions, quiz them about life and to really dive deep because, you know, I think that sense of curiosity is so important. Yes. The idea that they have nothing to contribute, it just makes me very sad, you know. It doesn't, like, mm. it doesn't even make sense that, they, that we would assume they have nothing to contribute. That doesn't even make sense. 
Uh, it's a far nicer way of viewing it, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, <laughs> it's kind of like when, when you're a teenager, way. you think your mum doesn't know anything. Yeah. And then when you're a mum, you realise that you do actually know yeah, something. Yeah. It takes you a while to realise that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm. Faith, how do you see the difference between ageing men and ageing women in terms of policing how we age? <laughs> I love mm-hmm. the, I love this conversation. And, and one of our topics this year, this is the first time we're ever inviting men to the conversation. And, and we've invited men to explore, is ageing easier for men? And I wanted to explore that because all of the research, well, pop culture says that ageing is easier for men. The research shows that it's the absolute opposite. For most most men, their identity is all around their work and being a provider, you know, and and when that goes and they retire, they're lost. They're absolutely Mm. lost. A lot of them go through a really bad midlife crisis and go through a lot of depression, that sense of lost purpose and what is my role now. Women have always nurtured their relationships. So when women get to this age, We've got all these amazing relationships and then the kids have gone and we've got all this extra time that some, you know, that we can use, digitalize. With a lot of the men, they struggle with understanding that, oh, my God, I'm no longer that CEO or that head of that company. Then what is my purpose? So the reality is it's so much harder for men. Yeah. So true because women, we are getting better at being more vulnerable and sharing yes. that side of it. But I think men and vulnerability... Yes. It's come a long way, but there's still a, there's still a huge, long way lot of work to do there. Mm. Yeah. And if you're a man as well, it, it, ageism could be the very first discrimination you face. Like I said, I'm a, a, a black woman in the intersection of racism, ageism, and sexism. If you're a white male, this could be the very first time you've experienced any discrimination. And it's a bit of a slap in their faces. And I speak wow. to some, some, some of my, my clients are white male, and we talk about that. They've never experienced any discrimination before. So then, oh, yes. yeah, so it's so painful for them. It's gut-wrenching, you know. Yeah. Absolutely looking at it like that. You just, yeah. yeah, but they don't police each other the way we no, do. No, would you Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. And I think, again, you, you see that in any discriminated group, we tend to, we call that lateral violence, which feels a little bit severe, but that idea that the, the, the discriminated group will turn on each other instead of turn on the oppressor. So in terms of sex, the you know, sexism and um, male-female, because we are the discriminated group, we tend to turn turn the discrimination on each other on rather ourselves. than out there. And that's kind of like a really typical pattern uh, with yes. these dynamics. Yeah. You know, right. So you find when yeah. you all have a go at each other and go, you're dressing inappropriately, men don't care. Most men don't care. But we're the ones yeah. who do that with each other. So it's kind of like a typical, a common pattern with the disadvantaged group. Mm, that actually makes sense. It does. Yeah, fully. So Faith, where do you envisage Silver Sirens will be in 10 years? What is the trajectory? So my dream for Silver Sirens in 10 years is that um, we have Silver Sirens. We have, we're, first, we're a global community. So obviously we're Australian. At the moment, our, our membership base would be around... Australian and then say 8% US and a little bit UK. And this year, the US has definitely grown. I've got quite a lot of women from the US have reached out to me. So I see us as a, as a global movement. 
spanning right across the world online. So we're, in July the 1st, we launched our online program. So this is our first paid program. Everything else we've been doing is been free, but this is a paid program. And, and it's called the Silver Sirens Virtual Sanctuary. And this is a, a place where a woman over 50 can come to and find out all the information she needs to on a menopause, emptiness, lifestyle, health, beauty, sexual health, on mindset and also on elderhood. So I'm super excited around the work we're doing around elderhood. We're looking at mindful dying and how do we have the conversations around preparing for death and how do we deal with death of other people? Because it's so, again, it's a very Western taboo. You're not allowed to talk about it. And it's such a natural yep. thing. So I want to make those things really sexy and really normal. You know, oh, so wow. I envisage... I that's great. Yeah, oh. I envisage... And I think, too, the planning for it and having it, planning. you know, all in place mm, is so helpful to everyone else around you that's left behind. And my well. mother's done that. My mother is 86. She's got everything paid for, planned. We even know what she wants to wear, what music. I've got, we've all, yeah. our kids have all got a copy of that. So I just see us being a community all around the world that's not afraid to have any of the difficult conversations. The women can come no. to a platform and find a whole lot of resources, but also come together. So we've been piloting some of our pro, some of our events. So once a month, well, once every two weeks, we have yoga in the sanctuary. So women come from around the world. We do yoga together. We've got a virtual supper once a month. So we have two women because, again, another African saying is that we're not friends until we eat together. So we have two people. We'll cook together. We'll have a recipe. We'll, they'll set the menu, and we all will cook together. We did our first one last month cook together and then eat together, you know, and we have once a month, we have thriving through midlife webinars, we have book clubs. So I just imagine this online space, the virtual sanctuary where women from around the world can come together and hang out and as well as live events. So I see it around the world that there'll be silver siren chapters all around the world. So this beautiful community where we can be ourselves, you know, we don't have to put ourselves into a particular shape to fit in. We can come as we are and we can just thrive, support each other and grow together. Oh, my oh, that's gosh. That's amazing. Sign me up. Yeah. I mean, I'll sign myself up. <laughs> me too. And, Faith, you are having a live event. Yes. Tell us quickly about that. Yes. So the Silver Sirens, you know, we started off by having an annual live event and it's called the Redefining Aging Events. This year it's on the 1st of October uh, in Sydney, but it's a hybrid event because of COVID. Our events are now hybrid. So we had a whole lot of women join us last year online. So it's 1st of October. It's a full day event. And our topics are empty nest. We've got, uh, is aging easier for men? We've got sexuality beyond 50. And we've got our elders. We have an, our elders, our treasures program. And this program, the women are going to be talking about mastering grief because they're women in their 70s yes. up. And when you've been yes. in your 70s, you've kind of lost a few people. How do you navigate that and master that? And what tips can we learn about to doing that? So that's our topic. But you can, but you can attend in person or is it only a hybrid event? Yes, you can turn in person okay. at the MCA. So I can send you the link to that. But at the Museum of Contemporary Arts, beautiful venue. We had it there last year. Wonderful venue. So full day no. event. You're going to, yeah, come in person. I think we should go. Road trip. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, we have we have um, women come from all over the country. You know, we've got women coming from Perth, a few from Victoria, quite a few from Brisbane, 
and quite a few from WA, but also South Australia. So do come. You would love it. Yeah. Oh, no, that, that would be amazing. We can bring some of our 50-ish tribe. Yeah, yeah we yeah, could do too. a girls' road that. trip. Yeah, yeah. We're getting close. Well, we are at wrap-up time, unfortunately. Yeah, I think I, I could just chat to you forever. <laughs> um, Faith, it's time for our wrap-up question, and it's one that we ask our guests each week. If you could go back in time, what advice would 50-ish Faith give to 20-ish Faith? Mm-hmm. Okay, the 50-ish Faith will say to the 20-ish Faith, don't be sidetracked by failure. All those things that you think are failures, will end up being the nuggets of wisdom that you'll get to support and pass on to other people. You know, every experience, no experience is wasted. You know, because sometimes yeah. we, we do think, we think, oh, I wasted two years of my life. No experience no. wasted. Every single experience, mm. our nuggets, our grist for the mill, and those are the things that you're going to use to help support other women to come through their challenging times. And that's what I've found. The most difficult parts of my life has been the things that I've been able to really support other women through. So there's no such thing as failure and no experience is wasted. It's beautiful. And also I, I do think we tend to focus a bit on failure, don't we? Because it isn't something that we're comfortable with in no. our culture. But you're so true, you know, you're so right what you're saying that down the track it helps support other women. Yeah. I mean, I've had those conversations with my own daughter. When she's mm. been going through stuff, I've been able to relate some of my own failures yeah. <laughs> when I was young. So well, yeah. when this happened to me. <laughs> so it is actually yeah. very helpful. You yeah. you're right. And I've always loved that quote from, oh, now I can't remember. Are you having a Mel moment? Uh, Beautiful (laughs) actress, Hollywood, Elizabeth Taylor, I think it was. And it was eyes that haven't cried can't be beautiful. Yeah, eyes that haven't cried. Yeah, yeah, that you have to be through Mm. an experience, a tough time, so that you can look on life more beautifully and be more empathetic and more beautiful. As you are, Faith, you are a treasure. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Such a treasure. So honoured to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. It's been completely awesome chatting to you, um, Faith. I wish we had more time, but there's um, we'll see you in we'll see you on the first of October. (laughs) I think that's gonna be a thing for us. Yeah, I'll send you the links. Brilliant. Thank you so much. We will put the links in all of our show notes and on our socials for everyone listening. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it from us today. And if you would like to know more about our awesome guest, Faith, the Silver Sirens community or Faith's private practice, as Trish just said, we will put links in our show notes so that you can access this amazing, amazing woman. So don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram at don'tgiver50 or email us at hello at don'tgiver50.com.au. And remember our gorgeous 50 issues. Life is for living. Don't give a 50 because we're all 50 and awesome, regardless of age, and living and aging is an absolute privilege. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.